This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Time once again for the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL, alongside Senior Team Reporter Charlie Potter. It is midday on a Tuesday, January the 24th, 2023. And what do we have, Charlie Potter? We've got dueling coordinator hot boards up right now at BamaOnline.com. As we learned to the surprise of no one earlier on Tuesday, as reported first by ESPN, Bill O'Brien moving on from the University of Alabama to become the new offensive coordinator returning to New England, where he has worked previously for Bill Belichick. And this time he'll serve as the coach and coordinator for an offense that we expect to still be quarterbacked by Mac Jones in 2023. So it's sort of that Belichick Saban dynamic, I guess, Charlie, that we, we can't hardly get away from. Yeah. Well, first things first, shout out to, to Hank South. I think he posted that story in the, uh, in the car line at school this morning. Um, I was up late working on a story I was excited to post and we'll, we'll have that another day later this week with, you know, the attention obviously turning off as a coordinator, but you're right. I mean, this is something that we expected not only just for Bill O'Brien to move on with his contract set to expire at the end of next month, but you know, his connections to the new England Patriots, um, you know, he's a guy that I think had been mentioned for a lot of these openings in the NFL. And I think there at last check were 10 offensive coordinator vacancies, uh, at the next level, but you know, new England always kind of made sense with his ties to Bill Belichick and, you know, his history there, you know, they're looking to, uh, revamp that offense. Um, I think they probably need to make some some free agent or um, you know some trades or some kind of acquisition in the draft for weapons around Mac Jones. But you know, initial reports are he's he's excited to have Bill O'Brien in um, in New England. So you know, hope for the best for Mac. But yeah, I mean, I think this was one of those things where Alabama fans woke up. I don't know if it was necessarily like Christmas morning, but now that to have both coordinators. Moving on, you know, that's something that just from a fan perspective, um, you know, those that root for Alabama have been hoping for all offseason. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a, a situation like it was with Pete Golding. I think a couple of fan bases were excited by the news mm-hmm. that uh, an Alabama coordinator was moving on. I think Ole Miss people were excited to have Pete Golding make the trip, make the move over to Oxford. And similarly, I think that's going to be the reaction up in the Northeast with Bill O'Brien traveling up to Foxborough to take over that offense. And you said it, boy, they need, they need some help from a coordinator perspective and even from a mentor for Mac. I mean, I think some people forget he's just a, a guy going into his third year in the league and uh, still very much in the developmental process as an NFL quarterback. But when we look at O'Brien in the two seasons in Tuscaloosa, uh, I, I want to say this first and get your thoughts. Uh, when you look at college football coaching jobs right now, if you get beyond the obvious head coaching positions at Alabama, at Georgia, at Ohio state, let's say Michigan, Clemson, you know, those five or six jobs, does the offensive coordinator position at Alabama 
check in, maybe at least top 10. As far as scrutiny and how much that individual has on them from the public perception of expectations and what needs to get done and what should get done. I think he does. I think the offensive coordinator position at Alabama, because Nick Saban is first and foremost, a defensive guy, it's uh it's white hot when it comes to scrutiny. Yeah, I agree. I actually um, thought you were going to say something else, just that it's one of the top 10, 15 jobs in the country, just because of that, the athletes you get to work with the way that Nick Saban has really changed his philosophy on the offensive side of the ball to kind of adapt to today's game. But I also agree that it is one of those that, you know, you're going to have to put on your um, your blinders and really just dig underwear. in. underwear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, there's going to be a lot of backlash um, for some of the decisions. And you know, people want to see um, uh, the running game flourish. And, you know, that was something I think this season that maybe Bill O'Brien didn't do on a consistent enough basis. And, you know, Alabama's going to have athletes all over the field, and you can't get everybody the ball. Um, but, you know, he's he's a guy that I think it was funny hearing from him in New Orleans talking about um, just kind of the backlash and, and what he's heard from fans, and he said he hasn't really heard any of it. He didn't know what we were talking about. Um, but, you know, I think the same vein, I think especially late last year and this season, Bill O'Brien was dealt a kind of bad hand in terms of the, the wide receiver positions, the skill players. You had the injuries late last season to John Mechie and, and Jamison Williams. And then this year, I think the, the position was inconsistent and that puts a lot of pressure on, on him. It puts a lot of pressure on Bryce Young. So I think that, yeah, it, it is one of those um, positions. I think defensive coordinator at Alabama is probably up there too, but just with the, all the attention on Alabama and the way the offenses have just been rolling the last several years when things aren't going well, or there are inconsistencies, whether it's at wide receiver on the offensive line, the, the ball hasn't been run enough, you know, the, the quarterback play, whatever. Um, yeah. I think there's definitely some scrutiny involved in this position and one that comes with a lot of pressure. Yeah. There was a semi thank you appreciation thread for, Bill O'Brien on the roundtable earlier on this Tuesday, and um, you know it was essentially uh, appreciate the effort, but probably a good point for both parties to move along. And you know my response to all that was, yeah, you know Bill could have done a better job of keeping John Mechie and Jamison Williams and Bryce Young, even the even the running back position late in 2021. We all recall that you were essentially down to like one and a half running backs. You were playing guys like Demoy Kennedy at running back. Um, uh, so it, it wasn't a, 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 an ideal situation really in either of his two years, because you had Bryce with the injury uh, against Arkansas that sort of curtailed his performance there for a stretch during the 2022 season. And that's not to say that I feel like Bill O'Brien was above reproach uh, in some aspects of the offense. I thought in 2022, especially just not enough diversity and where call sequencing was concerned uh, th- th- there didn't seem to be a lot of instances where you watched Alabama on offense and thought, okay, they ran this play because they're going to set this up. You know, it, it, it was pretty basic and pretty vanilla. And I think too much was probably put on Bryce. But you know, when you look at Bill O'Brien's two years in Tuscaloosa, I think the biggest problem he's going to have is that he wasn't one of these guys that won a national championship. 
uh, in his two seasons. And again, though, you can go back to the injuries from 2021 and how that may just change the way he would have been perceived after his uh, after his stint. No, yeah, I mean that's that's where things are measured in Tuscaloosa, no doubt. But um, you know, I, I think there's some there's some high moments. I, I know people don't necessarily want to hear about that, but you you have a season where Bryce Young just rewrites the record books from a single season uh, perspective. He wins Alabama's fourth Heisman Trophy, the first for a quarterback. And you look at the the numbers in 2021. Um, you know, Alabama was among the top ten nationally in, in scoring offense, total offense, and, and passing offense. Now the run game wasn't there, but you made a good point with you're basically just have Brian Robinson at the end of last season after injuries to. Uh, Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams and then you know Trey Sanders still trying to get back to his old self and then this year you know the the running numbers picked up a good bit almost 50 yards uh, per game more but again the, it was just kind of inconsistent so I, I think there there was some good but it just it, it didn't it didn't really ever seem very creative I think and you you made the point of that with the there was a lot of diversity um you know and I, I think that Again, with some of the guys they had in the backfield, with the offensive line being better than it was a year ago, um, you could have maybe leaned on the run game a little bit and, and taken some pressure off Bryce. But, you know, going back to the injuries, I mean, the Tennessee game might have been a little different if Bryce Young is 100% healthy. Who knows? I mean, you know, there's a lot that went wrong in that game, but the offense was, was doing quite a bit too. So I think with Bill O'Brien, um, it is a day where Alabama fans are, are celebrating on message boards, on social media. Uh, I know they've been waiting for this to be official, um, you know, for a while. It, it's not necessarily official, but I, I think the Patriots are probably going to announce it later today or, you know, in the coming days. But I think Belichick's like Saban, you yeah, know, that's true. It, 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 it happens. And then like six days later, you get a release from Belichick, maybe I don't yeah, it, 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 that'll be that'll be interesting to watch play out. But I, I think your points are valid in that in 2021, when you had Jamison Williams and you had John Mechie and you had Brian Robinson, Cameron Latou doing some good things that season. Jalil Billingsley was starting to trend downward, as we know, at that point. But you were able to cover for a lot of things and you didn't have to become semi exotic as far as a play calls or play design or creativity but I do think that's where O'Brien did come up short in 2022. You didn't have those kind of guys on the outside. That became clear very early on in the season, especially the game at Texas. I think that's the one that sticks in the crawl of a lot of Alabama fans. And you got to credit Texas for how they played in a, in a home game early in the season there. But um, that that's where, I, again, I, I felt like he could have helped those guys. He could have helped Bryce more by moving Bryce a little bit more moving the launch point, helping to create separation separation in the process for some receivers in 2022 that didn't have quite that ability of Williams, Mechie, Judy, all these guys that preceded them. But uh, I, I do think in all, yeah, you said it. You had a Heisman trophy winning quarterback in 2021 that you helped produce the offense threw for over 8,000 yards in the two seasons that Bill O'Brien was at the controls. Bryce Young threw 79 touchdown passes in his two seasons as a starter. What, 12 interceptions for Bryce? So um, it, it may take a while in retrospect to acknowledge some of the positives, uh, but there were more than just a couple with Bill O'Brien. 
Yeah, and I think you know going to New England, um, you're going to have to help Mac in a similar way because you know, like mm-hmm. we already talked about, they don't have um, a lot of guys in terms of weapons at the wide receiver position. So um, you know, I, I think maybe is he better suited for the NFL game? Uh, I mean, maybe so. That's where he, he really cut his teeth and made a name for himself before becoming a head coach at Penn State and the Houston Texans. But you know, I, I think that. It, it is a situation too where yeah don't don't be so vanilla um you know do what works and a lot of the time for alabama what works was just letting bryce young do his thing i mean i, mm-hmm. I can't really fault him for that they fall did they fall into that trap a little bit you think especially in 2022 or at least going into 2022 yeah a little bit and yeah. it's just, it's i i don't I don't fault him for that necessarily because I think Bryce has been the best player yeah. in college football the last two years. Um, you know, that guy can do a lot, but you got to help him too. You got to put mm-hmm. him in situations for him to flourish. And that's not to say that that wasn't always the case. I think more often than not, it was, but you know, when, whenever it is like, I mean, look at the, look at the drive at Auburn uh, last year. And that's that you did to force overtime. That That's all Bryce, I think. And, you know, whenever he's hurrying up, you know, making, you know, checks a lot of scrimmage, you know, they're playing with tempo. I think that's a lot of Bryce. And so um, I think Bryce helped Bill a lot. Um, I think Bill helped Bryce quite a bit, but, you know, it, it helps you to clear up some of the things that maybe you weren't doing well from a play caller standpoint when you have a guy like Bryce as well. Interesting how guys in that position are viewed based on again championships and look bill o'brien won an sec title and that is amazing in its own right how how much that's discounted these days when we look at alabama football (laughs) ah well he won an sec championship they beat the number one ranked team in the country in atlanta and did a lot of that with bryce young going off on that georgia defense in december of 2021 and by the way mechie was out in the first half of that game so we uh, we tend to overlook those situations, but I think Brian Dable is a perfect example of it. How would we view Brian Dable right now if Nick doesn't go to the bullpen at the halftime of the <laughs> national championship game in Atlanta and goes to Tua and Tua leads that comeback? And look, that was an offense late in the 2017 season. We sat there and watched it together. Uh, wasn't great at Mississippi State had to save itself late with the slant from Jalen to Devante to get out of there with a win. And then really bottomed out uh, a short time later at Auburn in the loss. So, you know, again, the bar is very, very high at Alabama. And with that, you think about some potential candidates and we've got offensive coordinator hot board up right now at BamaOnline.com. But, you know, as much as anything, how attractive do you think this job continues to be? And and that's understanding it, it is Alabama. It is still a national championship caliber program, but you know, candidates as well as I do, they're looking at pieces, right? What am I going to take over? And it starts at the quarterback position, offensive line, obviously important, and then skill positions around the quarterback. How attractive from that perspective right now, Charlie, do you think this job is? I think it's still attractive. Um, well, I mean, that does makes it sound like Alabama's you know falling off a cliff. I think it's I think it's very attractive, and um, you know it, it it hurts to lose a guy like Bryce Young. I, I think any coach in the country would want to 
work with him. But you have <clears throat> Jalen Milrow, who can do a lot of things from an athletic standpoint, and you want to try to continue to work with him in his development. Uh, Ty Simpson, I know you and Tim have talked about it at length, just his athleticism as well. And you know he might be the more polished of the two from a passing standpoint. You got a couple of young guys as well. It's a it's a quality but unproven quarterback room, and that's where it starts first and foremost because. You know, barring something unexpected, um, you know, the, the offensive coordinator will be the quarterback's coach. That's more often than not what happens. But you look at the the pieces around it, um, you have Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams coming back. You have Jamarian Miller coming back as a as a sophomore, and you add two your really elite prospects that running back room. Um, they're gonna be running behind an offensive line that has to figure out some um, you know, pieces at guard and tackle, but you bring back J.C. Latham, you bring back Tyler Booker, you bring back um, Seth McLaughlin. It, it looks like Darian Dalcourt might be back as well. Maybe he's a guy that can you know, flex out at guard or just give you quality depth at center. Um, and then at wide receiver, I think that's really outside of quarterback, obviously, um, is one of the more intriguing position groups of the, the offseason just to kind of see how this group grows and, and continues to develop because, you know, we've we talked about it already, just the inconsistencies of that group. But the guys that we really saw make an impact are, are back. You have Jermaine Burton and Ja'Cory Brooks. You have those freshmen who are now sophomores and Isaiah Bond and Kendrick Law and Kobe Prentice. You add some some quality guys via the um the high school ranks and junior college with malik benson so that and, and tied in there, there's a lot to like about what alabama brings back a lot of it is kind of unproven and young but alabama recruits as well as anybody in the country and there's going to be talent to work with and um you know it's going to be alabama's offense you know whoever comes in is going to be able to add some some wrinkles to that but you know, like we've we've talked about with bill o'brien um you know it's it's going to be an opportunity to land one of the best and most scrutinized jobs in the country. You're going to be paid <laughs> handsomely, but you're also going to have an opportunity to most likely compete for a national championship at one point in time if you last a couple seasons. So I, I think I think there's a lot of allure to it. You have right now, just looking at you know the staff, you have a lot to like of the guys you'll be working with, with Robert Gillespie, uh, Joe Cox, you got Wolford, Wiggins, you know, they're quality coaches on that side of the ball. So I, I think, you know, that and, and coming in and, and working under Nick Saban, you, know, you see how this, you know, if, if you're a guy that's looking to continue to, to grow into the, the coaching ranks, this job is a, a springboard more often than not to either a head coaching position and an offensive coordinator position in the NFL or just, you know, something bigger. So I, I think, all of that, there's a lot to like, and I, I don't think that the the list of suitors is going to be very short for Nick Saban. Yeah, and that list, I mean, our initial hot board there at BamaOnline.com is uh, consists of sensible options. When, when you think about how Nick Saban has addressed this situation in the past with an emphasis on the offensive side of the ball, um, he has gone uh, to the NFL uh, on multiple occasions. He's gone with guys who have done it at the college level. Uh, there's been a mix, but typically uh, there's experience involved. And I think that's what you're going to see with the candidates we have for you there, whether it's Jeff Libby, whether it's uh, a guy like Greg Roman coming down perhaps from the NFL. And I know we have our little staff text that we do. Uh, and when Roman was released by the Baltimore Ravens, so we kind of got in there and talked about him potentially uh, as a, as a fit. I think Greg Roman could fit at Georgia. 
I think he could fit at a place like Alabama. Maybe Greg Roman stays in the National Football League for all we know. But these are the kind of guys anyway that you have to take into account when trying to track what Nick Saban has done in the past. And by the way, this will be his ninth offensive coordinator at the University of Alabama. And Alabama is going through coordinator changes on both sides of the ball for the first time since 2019. But even in 2019, you promoted from within um, with Golding on defense. 2018 was a similar situation, but I think both those spots were promotions, right? Loxley, uh, Tosh Lapoy. So this is this is a little bit different than what we've seen here in recent years when you've had these changes on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it is definitely different. And I, I think, you know, there's there's something to to add to the difference in the positions because um, you know, with the offensive coordinator, maybe even a, another, you know, draw to it if you're a guy coming from the NFL, is Alabama's offensive coordinators don't aren't asked to recruit quite as as hard as maybe the defensive coordinator. You know, we've seen Kirby Smart and Jeremy Pruitt and Pete Golding, you know, really roll up their sleeves and be big time contributors on the recruiting trail. And that's not to say the offensive coordinators don't do that as well, but you know, they're either localized or focused on the, the quarterbacks or maybe, you know, head out to California or something. It's, it's been, you know, compared to the defensive coordinator, it's been pretty cushy. So um, I think that's something, too, that can add to the lore of the offensive coordinator position. But, no, it, it's it's interesting. I know people are just sitting there and, and itching for information. And when they see anything on social media, <laughs> they believe it to be true. But that is I would I would definitely warn on the side of that. Um I know if if I hear or see anything, it'll be posted on the message board on the site. The same goes for you. And, um, you know, I I know we give Tim a lot of uh, crap on here, but, you know, he's he's locked in that coaching staff. Yeah, he is. He's not he's not holding information just to to screw with you guys like he's not going to make stuff up. When he hears it, he's going to share it. Whenever he shares it, you can take it to the bank. So it's it you know, I feel like it's a broken record. But we are on Central Saban time, and he's going to, <laughs> to move at this pace, at this thing, uh, at his own pace. And um, you know, I, we talked about it before the podcast. Next week is usually whenever he speaks to reporters. I don't know if that will be the case um, with at the Senior Bowl, right? Yeah. Well, and then you have National Signing Day. National but, Signing Day. Yeah, that's it. Was all yeah. basically wrapped up in December, so we'll see what happens from there. But you know, we'll we'll definitely keep it updated. But right now, there's. It's not a no news is good news situation, but there's just, you know, we're not making stuff up just to make it up. No. Um, who would you say right now, based on interaction and what we see there on the roundtable there at BamaOnline.com, give me the people's choice <laughs> selections for Alabama's next offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator post. The people's I definitely, choices. If you look at the message board, I think the fan favorites, the clear-cut guys, are Derek Dooley and Ty Grant. <laughs> <laughs> I think if that's oh, how down, it ends up. Down the hall hires. Yeah, Ooh, those is, would go over real well. Yeah. Like I'm talking parades. Uh, uh, yeah, They might burn some cars. They, oh, they actually might burn and flip some cars if it were to happen on a serious note. But, no, I mm. I think you know defensive coordinator, it, it's been the guys we've talked about. I think – you have Prove to see it. what happens yeah. from an NCAA standpoint, but it makes a lot of sense to kick the tires and kick them hard on, on Jeremy Pruitt. Um, you know, an offensive coordinator wise, it's it's early, but you know, Levy makes a lot of sense. Um, 
a lot of these guys that we mentioned too. Um, I think there's a lot of folks that would love Joe Brady, but this guy's interviewing for NFL coordinator spots, right? Yeah. Now. I mean, it's not quite the same level as like, you know, everybody hoping for D'Amico Ryans to be defensive coordinator. <laughs> but when a guy is interviewing for offensive coordinator positions yeah. in the NFL and there are double digit, well, I guess nine now since O'Brien's been. Yeah, D'Amico's just going to come out today and say, you know, I, I'm going to turn down the Houston Texans head coaching job. I'm going home. Yeah. DC. Alabama. That's going to happen. Sure. But I think Levy, Brady, um, I, I know a lot of fans would, would like to see Dan Mullen. I, that would be interesting to see how that, Can that works. I, yeah. I don't think Dan could, you know, Lane, whatever you thought of him could take it. You know, I, I just don't that boy, that's two a types, yep. you know? I, I wonder if how Dan would hold up to that. Maybe he would. I don't know. I probably would have thought the same thing about Bill O'Brien, and you know, it it made it two years. So yeah, and that's the thing too. Like, say what you want, but I think those two work together really well. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of mutual respect there. I think um, it helped probably Bill staying up in the box. What do you think? Mullen would have yeah. to be in the box. I think I, <laughs> that's the only way I could see that happening, Charlie. I, I agree, but I, I I think that one is definitely one worth mentioning and if it were to play out i think it'd be fascinating i think that is one that is up there whenever you talk about what fans want to see dan mullins mullin can there he gets it with quarterbacks yeah. too man the same yeah. goes for for cliff kingsbury i think that's yeah. another one that is in thailand happened, or something he, yeah he apparently bought a one-way ticket to thailand and <laughs> apparently uh, based off of his girlfriend's posts on instagram he's having a hell of a time yeah i think he might be an option via zoom like if you could just <laughs> yeah. have him zoom in practice he is a know, virtual coordinator like nick did when he had covid <laughs> yeah you know, i mean virtual alabama and the, the 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 technology they have over there might have some some AI, yeah some holograms that they could they post up. yeah it'd be a big screen for that sure absolutely uh well charlie as always we appreciate the time my man uh we're also going to let you get back to the debate uh, surrounding Jalen Hurts about you know which school, which program can claim him. I know you're having as much fun with that as I am. I mean, can't we save that one for like May? Is that really a January topic? That I guess so because he's in the NFL playoffs and in the NFC Championship game. But gee whiz, you know, my response, my stock response to that has always been whatever the hell Jalen wants to claim. How about that? How about we just go with that? What do you think, Charlie? I think Jalen's proud of both, and he claims both. Even and his I'll, high school. I'll say yeah. this. Um, as someone that does the weekly roundups of the, the NFL and how guys perform each week, I don't include Alvin Kamara or you know Aaron Robinson or Jerome Ford, some of these guys that were in Alabama's program but transferred away. They were kind of cameos. Was, yeah. There was no doubt that Jalen Hurts would be among this because – he graduated from Alabama. He was a starting quarterback at Alabama, but he still claims them. I mean, he had the the dual helmet. He didn't wear he's it. A, he's he, a bammer. He dual helmet yeah. at the Senior Bowl for Christ's yeah. sake. And he's a guy that you can see him wearing Alabama gear now. I mean, he's yeah. a guy that when he was in Oklahoma shared a video smoking a cigar after Alabama beat Tennessee. <laughs> like, I, I don't think he has to claim either one. I think he can be a proud alum of both. And I think he did a lot of good stuff at Alabama. Yeah. He made a big impact on and off the field in Alabama. And then he continued to get better throughout his career. And the same goes for, you know, what he was able to do at, at Oklahoma. So I, I think it's, it's kind of a ridiculous debate. Uh, the, the funniest thing I've seen is, you know, where did he win a playoff game uh, at the college level? So you can 
do with that what you want. But right. No, I, I think Jalen is a very, very proud of the University of Alabama. And I can say just from, you know, being on a message board, being on social media and actually just tweeting out NFL stuff. I think Alabama fans are equally as proud of Jalen, if not more. Yeah, you don't have to justify including him in tied in the NFL or anything like that based on you know, the extensive nature of his career at Alabama. And look, if you're OU 247 or whatever the site is and you do Sooners on Sunday, that sounds like pretty that. good. Yeah. You like that? You Man, should. They'll probably steal that. Yeah, you need to send a check. To TM it? Yeah. Trademark? Yeah. Oh, damn. I just came up with that, too. <laughs> if you want to do Sooners on Sunday, hell yeah, you got Jalen in that. It's fine. It's fine, folks. You know what else is fine? Alabama men's basketball. We're not yeah. going to get into it too much here, but we got continuing coverage of the nation's second ranked team. Nate Oates' team, the Alabama Crimson Tide set to take on Mississippi State midweek at Coleman Coliseum. And then speaking of Oklahoma, it just seems right, doesn't it? With <laughs> yeah. all this Jalen talk, Alabama goes to Oklahoma on Saturday. Maybe we can call that the uh, the Jalen Hurts championship or something. The winner, the winner of a uh, UA Oklahoma Saturday gets to claim Jalen exclusively. Maybe, That's, yeah. So I'll, like uh, I'll make sure always always marketing here. Yeah. yeah, I'll make sure on Friday to ask Nate Oates because we we all know that, that <laughs> Nate is not short on opinions and long answers, so he might oh. have something to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Nate might. Nate might. He actually just might. Hey, Charlie. Again, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, I, I know fans are excited, and like I said, stay tuned to Roundtable because the two of us and Tim will, will keep you updated. We'll give you everything we got right there at the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans around the globe. The Roundtable right there with us at BamaOnline.com. If you haven't already, how about a subscription to this here podcast, the Bama Online Podcast, simple as a click or two. Wherever you consume pods, you're going to find the Bama Online Podcast, and you know what else we would certainly appreciate? If you would leave us a rating and a review, that would greatly help us out as well. For Charlie, Travis, thanks once again for joining us here on the podcast. Until next time, so long, everybody. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.